Hi, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome, welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, Akko. Please continue. <laughs> My a, God. <laughs> um, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Hey, colorful backgrounds. Um, Yes. And this week, we're actually going to be hitting y'all with our final episode of our <gasps> summer short series. Oh, no, uh, the final episode? Yeah, series finale? I know it's like the final. Girl, it's like the season finale is wild as fuck but basically so real tea we were actually going to finish the the series last week with the tale about like the bees and the wasps and like that boy <laughs> that like threw shit and stuff but like i don't know we like came across this like comic book anthology and we were just like yo we have to talk about it and so yes. it's basically called heartwood non-binary tales of sylvan fantasy and it's really really lit and we're going to go into all the reasons as to why you know we're going to talk about it but before we do that Akko I actually have a question for you what you have a question for me we are changing it up this summer right literally like all the goddamn changes um you know I was like you've been like asking for some really good questions so I'm like let me just let me just let me just let me just go with a question real quick (laughs) so since we're going to be talking about a comic book anthology I wanted to ask you one of two questions, or you could answer both of them if you're feeling particularly, you know, high achieving. So the first question is, <laughs> what was your favorite comic as a child and why? Or the second question is, when you were a child, did you ever make your own comics? And if you did, tell us about one of them. Oh, okay. These are good questions. I like these. So uh, let's see. This is actually really cute because when I was a kid, I for a while lived in Ohio. And if you guys don't know, Bill Waterson, the creator of Calvin Hobbes, is actually from Ohio. So when we were oh, kids, wow. I know, right? It's crazy. And so all of our book fairs as kids, his comics were there. And mm-hmm. I, everyone in my family actually loves Calvin Hobbes, everyone, all the kids. And my sister would actually read them to me before I go to sleep, before I could read. Wait, that's so cute. Yeah, it's really adorable. <laughs> and so um, Calvin Hobbes like, has a very, I, I love the characters. For people who don't know, Calvin Hobbes is basically this kid who's six named Calvin, who has an imaginary stuffed tiger named Hobbes. And they basically, yes. Hobbes is imaginary? Yes. Well, Hobbes is a real stuffed animal, but like Hobbes talks and like gets into trouble and like acts like a tiger you know and he's not a tiger wow, I, I really th- I thought it was a literal tiger wow I'm wow full circle moment I'm sorry continue. <laughs> right and it's just this and so some of the some of the the comic strips are very just childish and funny and some of them are a little more existential and deep and what I really like mm. is yeah it's it's cool and then some of them are the way he plays with his artwork and his panels is very creative and and very cool and um we actually have this anthology with him talking about his writing process as he makes the comics and he is he's just really interesting like he'll be like well I use this to signify this and then I use this because I wanted to play with the panels and then sometimes he's like honestly I just had I just wanted to have a little fun like I just wanted to draw this like this and he has this whole one where like Calvin is a detective and and he's in school but he's like really bad at school and it's funny because you'll see a whole (laughs) comic episode where calvin is getting into something and then hobbs will like like there's one episode where hobbs gives him a whole haircut and it's a terrible haircut and his mom freaks out (laughs) and you're just like thinking about it in the one sense you're like how did you give yourself this haircut (laughs) 
and then <laughs> it just like, doesn't make any sense he'll do these like crazy experiments so if there's one where he like makes a bunch of clones there's one where he goes back in time but then into the future and it's just really magical and mythical and not mythical it's wow. more, more like magical realism but it's very funny mm-hmm. and and i think a lot of the lessons i had as a kid i kind of learned from that book and note in high school i wanted to do like a book report on comics and my teacher was like no mm-hmm because there's no substance in comic books. And I was like, what? Oh, boo. <laughs> as a blurt. <laughs> what? Thank you. I was like, as a blurt, I cannot stand for this, but I also need to get my grade, so fine. I think I ended up doing oh, it right. anyway, though. So. <laughs> but what about you, oh, Marcy? Wait, did you do well? Uh, I did. Ah, I did. yes. It was fine. But what about you, Marcy? <laughs> what? Is- <laughs> <laughs> Look at school just, like, killing people's imaginations. Um, But yes, so I... Okay, so... When I was younger, I didn't read a lot of comics. I mean, I'm not sure if this really counts, but I remember I used to, like, really love... Did you ever read... Oh, my God. It's, like, this is honestly kind of embarrassing. But, like, I think it was called, like... It was, like, Captain Underpants or some shit like yes! that. Yes! Yes! Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, like, definitely would read, like, a bunch of those stories where, like... They, it was, like... I think it was, like, yeah, like, there was, like, these two kids. It was, like, Gerald and... Harold? I'm making that up. Um, <laughs> I think I think one of them niggas' names was Harold. Unclear. Right. Anyway. So, basically... Yeah, so like it was like they go on these misadventures and they their their principal of their school who was like otherwise a complete asshole like they yes. would like he would like turn into like a superhero sometimes like called Captain Underpants so it was like this man that like would literally only wear like underwear like tidy whities and like a cape and like fight bad guys and so like I remember there was like one episode where like it was just like a, like it was like just very gross like there was like one book where it was oh like my God, there was like right. this. T- there was like there was like this toilet that like became yeah. sentient and like was terrorizing niggas and he was like nah and so he would like he like beat that bitch's ass and then like there was another one where it was like this like monster made out of like boogers like it was oh. just like really fucking nasty. Wasn't there one with poo too? Like it was a whole. I th- I'm pretty sure that oh my was God. a thing. I think that's like pretty on brand. Uh, but basically, it was just like nasty as fuck. And I was like, oh my God, what a mess. So it wasn't a comic book, but they would have these like sections where they were like, usually during combat, where they would like have these like flip images where it's like yes. one image is like Captain Underpants preparing to punch the enemy. And then the next one is him doing it. And so you would like flip back and forth. And so it's like, you could like, it's like, it was like animation. So, like, I remember I, like, used to read that shit. I remember, like, my brother, my older brother used to love, like, the Archie comics, which in hindsight, I don't really know why, because they weren't really that interesting. Um, But, like, he was just really into them, so, like, I would, like, kind of read them sometimes, too. But I remember when I was in, like, hey, what grade was this? I think this was maybe, like, seventh grade. I remember we had this assignment where... It was, like, kind of through my art class, but mostly just, like, I, I don't know, I guess whatever I was going through at the time, where I was just, like, really into, like comics and like drawing and so like I like created this whole like like this world where basically there were like these like six friends who were like all like really lit and like hella diverse and like gender like expansive and just like lit as shit and they had this like sentient like tree friend and they would like all go on these like adventures together and like play soccer and like find treasure and I just used to always like draw these comics of things happening I remember there's like this one comic in particular where one of the characters who was blue but had blonde hair 
he was like in this like dodgeball tournament and like all of his friends were like cheering him on and like basically he had like this like final boss moment where he had to like beat this bitch in dodgeball and it was like very clearly influenced from like me watching naruto at the time because like looking back i'm like okay these animations like like niggas doing the (laughs) matrix and shit like this is like just really od like bitches doing like splits in the air dodge and shit i was like girl this is like so much but it was like yeah like there wasn't really like an overarching plot it was just kind of like these characters and these like different scenarios i I forgot if if it like had a name or not but funny enough actually i like recently came across um in one of my art classes we had to do like this flip book where basically you know like when you like open a book and like there's like sometimes like they have like the 3d like images or whatever yes. it's like it's like based on yeah so we basically had to make one of those and so i actually found it in my house recently and it was like centering all these characters and so like i was like flipping through it and i was like wait this is actually really Creative. lit and i kind of want to go back to doing this Aww. like this is really dope so i like i like brought it with me and i was like okay i'm gonna like definitely just keep this as like a reminder of like the things so yeah. yeah so don't know what the name was but a bitch was really into it and you couldn't tell me nothing like i thought my shit was so lit like i would like show all the girls and be like bitch i'm an artist and everyone's like the girl like where's the plot and i'm like bitch like have this hate ass niggas it's like okay but marcy like where's but the plot cool. though it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's like there's like one of, one of the events stringing these niggas together but anyway so yeah so that was basically that but yes, so let's take a quick break and then we can go into our full discussion about hardwood. Perfect. And we're back. Yes. So, 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 like Marcy mentioned, Heartwood, Non-Binary Tales of Sylvan Fantasy, is actually a comic anthology. And it's the first ever non-binary comic anthology. Look at God. Right? Mm. Isn't that so cool? And it features 22 young adult stories made entirely by cartoonists who identify as non-binary individuals. So it was generated by Power and Magic Press, which is also an independent comic publisher in Portland, Oregon. Very cool. And mm-hmm. they state as their mission is the creative and economic empowerment of queer creators, creators of colors, and creators at the intersections, which I just love how that sounds. Creators at the intersections. Oh my God. I know, right? It's such a good turn of phrase. I think I'm going to adopt it. But in terms of representation, mm. <laughs> this is, is great. It's amazing. And I'm excited that we decided to read it. Yeah. And honestly, like that was the thing. Like, like we came across the shit and we were like, oh, so this, oh, Oh, so the Summer Sword series will be extended. <laughs> this will happen because we will discuss. Because this is one just like historic shit, like so amazing. But also it's just like wow, like damn, like it's 2019 and we we like we just now like we, we just, just now <laughs> made our first ever non-binary like comic book anthology. Seems a little late in the game, but you know, I, you know, it's here. It's here. And also like I just live for like also just like economic development of like yeah creators of color and like creators at the intersection things like that like that's just so i just i I love everything about this i was like thank god and so funny enough so power and magic press actually has a few other anthologies namely power and magic the queer witch comics anthology as well as the follow-up power and magic immortal souls admittedly we have not read those yet but i mean we might read that shit offline and just talk about it like <laughs> between the two of us because honestly i was like queer witches like that needs to take place but um but with both of those anthologies actually they were actually made entirely by creators of color the majority of whom identify as women non-binary demigirls and or by gender people of color so like power of magic is just yeah just just thank god like oh That's god true. but yes also, but anyway 
when we when I was <laughs> buying the comic on their website, what I really loved is mm-hmm. they they were like, "Do you consent to being part of this newsletter and receiving emails from us?" And oh like, "Oh my god, yes!" I was like, "Yes, consent is more than just having to do with sexual intercourse. It's like a way of sharing and balancing power between individuals on a daily basis, so that we can all have like a." a safe and healthy communal space and i was like yes i consent <laughs> now we have newsletters from them so like there we go <laughs> right it's like oh so, so do y'all want to do y'all want to sign up and we're like oh my god yes right. thanks and they're like okay great right thanks. it was literally Color a checkbox club sheet. <laughs> like it's like y'all are doing a lot having this whole analysis but anywho but yeah so power magic needless to say it's just like lit as shit yes and so they're actually pretty much spearheaded by um, someone named Joamet Gill, who is a queer Afro-Cuban cartoonist and editor, who once upon a time I actually met at an event what? that I put together at my old job. Yeah, so like we had this like whole summit um, about like stigma and like magic, and of course I like came across Joamet and was like this this she must be here so like yeah so like she was able to make it and like yeah we got the chance to kind of like talk a little bit in person and also we should be able to get the chance to talk to her again in an interview but like you know we'll we'll see we'll see what happens but yes so (laughs) things are things are coming along in the color pages but curb yeah, I'm excited for that. Joe Amet sounds amazing. I think that's going to be a great interview. Now, before we go into our summaries of our short story choices, so I kind of want to give you guys an official description of what Heartwood is. And basically, they say that across time and cultures, humanity has spun tales about the forest, tales of caution, adventure, rites of passage, and discovery. It remains a symbol for facing the unknown and emerging transformed. This anthology is for everyone who has walked through the undergrowth and silence of nature and longed for an adventure of their own to unfold. Just so already in itself. Mm. Mm. So beautiful. Mm. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. And so, okay, so just like one more thing. I know we're just like, yeah, girl, just one more thing. And we're just like, okay, like, can you motherfuckers just like talk about the goddamn <laughs> like <laughs> anthology? But um, basically, just real quick. So this is actually going to be the first time that we talk about more a collection of stories versus like one continuous tale. And so like Aka mentioned, there's 22 distinct stories, none of which necessarily have a relationship with one another. So rather than going through literally all 22 of them, what we're going to do is basically like we just kind of selected our favorites. And we're going to like kind of like take turns and just like talk about like what happens in those tales. All of them are pretty short, so like it shouldn't, you know, take super long. And then for the discussion section, we're just going to talk about like, I guess, like our thoughts and feelings about like the aforementioned tales, but also just like themes that we just saw in general. And so, of course, like if there's like a thing that we bring up and we bring up a tale that we haven't necessarily talked about, we'll give it like that context, like, you know, mm. in the discussion and stuff like that. So it's a little different, but you know, this, I mean, apparently this week we're just doing a hell of shit different. <laughs> like we just flexible than a motherfucker. So, you know. Let's see what happens. So, Akka, do you want to get us started? So, my first choice was The Lungs of Jeju by Sunmi. And this is a short story that parallels a person in their 40s and an android. Or a robot. Maybe it's an android? I mean, are they the, aren't they they the same? Like, Because I feel like, like a, a cyborg, <laughs> like in Teen Titans, was like a human, <laughs> but also a robot. I don't know. I feel like a robot is like a an android but androids are smarter maybe bro english be having like eight different words for the same shit like it's just like sis like this <laughs> is so unnecessary who the fuck anyway <laughs> continue um but yes but um the story follows a korean-american individual in their 40s and they're visiting jeju which if y'all don't know is in korea 
And while they're there, they're taking photos and they're sort of thinking about their life and how it's gone. And they run into Mm -hmm. this robot who has been overgrown by the foliage in the forest. And the two of them sort of begin talking. Mm -hmm. So the person talks about their life, their family, their pain and loss and their identity. uh, While the robot talks about being created, being seen as beautiful because this mogul, like this money mogul guy (laughs) bought it because it was beautiful. But then like, like a real, like a true, like ancient kind of dude (laughs) was like, you are now obsolete. Then proceeds to like, I don't know, like what did like get a new one? It was really, I was like, this is not a phone. You You can't um, be throwing people away. Like what the fuck? Well, I guess robots, but anyway. (laughs) It's true. But, but so, so this robot is like, you know what? deuces humankind is not for me let me go back to nature (laughs) so they go into the forest and they're kind of in the grass and the foliage and for the first time they sort of feel whole and so they merge into the ground and that's when um the individual who is talking about their heritage has found them Mm -hmm. and so while they're talking the um the the robot says oh you know i hope you don't forget me and the individual is like yo i got this camera which is kind of this like interesting parallel of the individual using technology to like have memories mm. and the robot having using nature to become whole, which I really loved. So then like the robot slick goes and like becomes one with nature and evaporates into the sky. And I like, was like literally that happened. Literally <laughs> happened. It was wild. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. So I, I really like this story because I think it's really cool to watch nature, you know, human sentience and like and technology kind of be put on the same level of sort of why do we hierarchy forms mm. of intelligence or beauty or wholeness. So I thought that was really dope. And I also I, like I said earlier, I love the parallel of sort of the camera allowing the human to be whole and mm-hmm. nature allowing the robot to be whole. Like I thought that was a very cool sentiment. So Yeah. Bad. What about you, Marcy? What was your first choice? Well, um, so my first, <laughs> <laughs> so my first story is called "Blat the Hunter" by Chlove, um, spelled C H L O V E. And so basically, the story essentially centers like these two main characters, one of whom is like this child that they don't really necessarily have a name. Um, so everyone just calls them like kid or the child or whatever. Um, and yeah. then this hunter named Blat. And so basically, the story starts with you see the kid like basically next to this like sleeping like dragon um and like (laughs) like just like super calmly like drawing the dragon and just like oh my god like this is great and it's just kind of like uh but this dragon looks like a little menacing and then like the next page is basically blat looking at the dragon and like kind of reaching for their sword and like you just you it's kind of implied that shit's about to go down so basically the next page is essentially the child at what essentially is like kind of a hunter's guild um basically kind of like complaining Mm. and being like because like so essentially the child usually like draws like you know these these creatures that are like in the land um and like I guess the Bounty Hunters Guild will use those drawings to basically guide hunters like Blatt to like then go out and kill them. Basically, they're like, oh, so this is like right. so this like monster thing. This is what it looks like. So like, find this thing and kill this bitch. And it's just kind of like, oh god. Right. Um, so like the child's like really blown because like they're like, yo, like why are we out here like just like killing these creatures when it's like we don't really know anything about them. We don't really know if they even are monsters or bees. Like we're just like assuming. And so basically, at this point, Blatt rolls up. 
Um, and it's like, hey, like what's like what's up? And like basically like Blatt and like the hunter person like in the guild like get to talking, and basically like <laughs> so basically in like a complete act of like just like complete pettiness and disrespect. Um, the bounty hunter basically gives Blatt like the child's most recent drawing, and it's like, oh hey, so the child drew this, so maybe like I don't know, like go out and like kill it, and like the child's like, wow, my nigga, did we did we did we not <laughs> just have this conversation? Like, are you fucking kidding me? And so basically Blatt's like, oh yeah, that's totally fine, whatever. But like I'm gonna actually like not only will I kill this beast, but I'm gonna bring the child with me and so then the child's like what and everyone's like oh yeah like definitely take this child on this like hunt to like kill this beast which is like undoubtedly dangerous as fuck but whatever so basically they like go out into the forest slash like i guess just like nature um and at one point like the child and blatt find these like flying manatees um blatt (laughs) blatt and like an attempt i guess i don't know make conversation was like hey like you should like you know like maybe use these creatures as like inspiration for like your next drawings and then like the kid like goes plumb off it was like oh Mm. so you can just like go out and like fucking kill them like are you fucking serious like oh my god like you're such a fucking hip it was just like like, just like went the fuck in right and and, like which also mind you i mean i don't know what the disciplinary rules are like for like in this land but i'm like i i I certainly could not be talking to elders like this like my like the child was probably a smooth like if I had to guess maybe 12? like 12 yeah like maybe like early adolescence Blatt is mm. like a whole grown individual so it's just like right. you really talk, out here talking Pay, to me. paying taxes individual like literally like pay, Blatt literally pays rent and you're just like you have the audacity <laughs> to speak to them like this like what the fuck anyway so basically um, Blatt was just like well like someone has to keep this land safe blah 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 um, and the kid again was like, well, like, we don't really know if these are beasts or not. Like, we're just making assumptions, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Blatt's like, well, I mean, you just sound naive as fuck. So whatever. And so then Blatt, like, not Blatt. Um, the child takes, like, this ink and, like, pours it all over, all over like, Blatt's head. And then Wait. just, like, dr- like I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, I was like, okay, but how much does this ink cost, though? Like- right. You really just... Out- <laughs> Like the child just really out here, just like spilling like the entire canister. It wasn't even like a splash of the ink. It was like the whole. I was like, this probably was like fifteen dollars, but like I mean, I guess in the art of pettiness, like question mark. Right. Anyway, <laughs> so basically, like the chi- like the child like runs off into the distance like super dramatically, and then like literal seconds later, like gets got by like the beast that they came to like kill. Basically, so the beast, uh, so Black runs after them and basically sees that the child is like hanging upside down because like the beast is grabbing them like by their legs, and at one point. Like basically the child, like so the child like went from like oh my god like, these are so benevolent cre- like these are such benevolent creatures like we shouldn't be like killing them blah 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 to like Blatt what the fuck are you doing like if you don't get your goddamn sword out and kill this bitch <laughs> like, like the child was like like I actually need you to murder this motherfucker like like expeditiously and then like Blatt's like okay well like I mean I'll do it if you just just give me the command just you know just just say it just say kill this beast and I'll do it and then the child's like. Mm. Mm. I actually can't because like morals, I guess. And so basically Blast's like, okay, boom. So here's what you're gonna do. Like, one, you're you're making a lot of noise, you're like screaming. It's kind of unnecessary. Maybe like maybe not. Um, and then what you're gonna do next <laughs> is basically like just like turn to the beast and just ask politely for one of its scales. And so the child does that and like is like, oh, like can you like can I have one of your scales? And then like the beast like nods and it's like this whole thing about like consent. And I was like, oh, thank God. Um, and basically the story ends with Blatt and the child going back to the um to the bounty hunters guild and like the bounty hunter being like, oh, like did the child learn their lesson? Like blah blah blah. Um, and then Blatt was like, yeah, like you know, like I think the child's gonna make a great assistant. And I think that they're gonna be great for like future missions and hopefully you know the two of us can make the world a more understanding place. And so the thing is like it's it's interesting because the gag in all of this is that 
Blatt is literally getting a check to kill Beast and is like actually not doing mm. it. Like Blatt is actually just going out here and like just <laughs> just like just like right. just expressly not doing their job. Um, which I just kind of cape for. Like I'm just like I just love that Blatt's like like low key anti capitalist is just like is not caping for right. this bullshit. And like we'll get this coin though. Like like we'll actually not stop <laughs> to get this coin. <laughs> but um, remember we talked earlier about paying rent. Like they still right. have to pay rent. Like though, like they like so like on the first on time <laughs> and like if, and if like they waited till the fifth with them late fees so Blatt's like so the way my rent is set up I actually will keep gaming these niggas which I I'm, I'm mm. just here for so so yeah yeah I really like that tell as well I, I think we could talk more in the um the discussion section I do mm-hmm. wonder sort of about what does it mean to have the the facade of um conforming to society but then not mm. actually conform and who does that hurt and who does that help so i just want to talk about the cost benefit let's mm. do it okay let's do it okay we're just gonna <laughs> just gonna put a pin on that and uh, circle right. that yeah yes 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 um but for my next choice i actually really liked the story expand by raven white and mm-hmm. so in that story it's a little dark skinned child which you know as you know when you're dark skinned you just you're like oh, hey <laughs> Oh, um, thank God. <laughs> and they are having trouble in school, which I also highly related to. And so their mom asked them if it's an Adi or a, a Dial Day, um, which the the child goes by both those names, um, depending on the circumstance. And they kind of say, no, it's an Undeal Day. It's a third name, which is kind of the combination of those two names. Mm. And it kind of shows that they have a complex emotional or personality traits that they can't quite place yet, which um, that may form into something else, but who knows, or it's, it's bugging them at this moment. And I also related to that. So I was like, oh, this child in me basically just <laughs> literally <laughs> let's twins. just keep going. Um, but they do point out that their heart hurts. So their mother's like, okay, I can come get you, but you're gonna have to wait. So they go outside and they're like, kind of honestly, like playing with rocks and being like, I really don't want to be here right now. <laughs> like playing um, with grass and shit. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. And like the other kids are playing on the playground or something. And so they see this like ethereal creature on the edge of the playground and it's 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 its body is filled with stars and like celestial 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 <laughs> their body is filled with stars and celestial <laughs> come on <entities>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but they actually have an antelope mask on their face the creature kind of was like follow me into the woods and Okay, I I was like, I mean, I'd be terrified. But she, I mean, I mean, same. <laughs> but I was like, I. But they were like, you know, let me just do this. Let me just go out into these woods. Let me just see what's up. So they follow them into the woods, and they're running through the forest, and they're. It's like this very freeing moment, and then they come to this pastoral opening, and then there's this huge antelope celestial being, and I was like, yo, it was very dope. I really liked the, <laughs> the way this was drawn. It was like very beautiful, right? <laughs> and so. I mean, in real life, again, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> but, but, um, but in this comic, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Shit. And so it, it was like uh, this beautiful moment where the large celestial creature kind of touches the child's heart and says expand. And the throbbing spot in their heart, which kind of was represented in black, expands through their whole body. And you mm. kind of see it from their perspective. So you see from their perspective kind of them experiencing the forest as one of the celestial beings. And then they like quick slick fall out of the woods. And their yeah. mom's like, where have you been? <laughs> what did I tell like, you about uh, bullshit in the grass? <laughs> what the like, fuck? What did I tell you about? <laughs> 
<laughs> going into the woods with extra shit. <laughs> right, these like antelope beasts. Like we 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 don't have this conversation. So like make it make sense. Like I just don't get uh, it. <laughs> it was truly a moment. But um but the child's like, you know, I feel better. And the mom's like, Oh, that's good. I mean, you still have to see a doctor, which I liked because again, sometimes you still need to see a doctor about things, even if you have an existential experience in the forest. Correct. Um Yeah, and it was just like this very sort of um emotionally fulfilling, like a moment of this child coming to themselves and i really liked it i mean just like my first thought was first of all i love black imagery as positive as freedom mm. as celestial as life-giving i really dug that and i don't know i also liked um the idea of sort of instead of running from the thing that's hurting you like maybe that thing that's hurting you if you allowed it to become free inside yourself would actually allow you to be your whole person so damn it's beautiful that's a whole that's a whole word and like it was just like and and i also liked it too that story in particular because it just played with like you know kind of like what you mentioned just like with imagery like i mean you look at those antelope Mm. beasts and i was like um i mean i would personally not (laughs) but you know uh, to each their own i say (laughs) um and it's just one of those things where it was just kind of like yeah like but at the same time like the though they looked kind of terrifying like they were like Right. empowering and lit and like dope and it was just like wow like mm. and like clearly just like better than like everybody else <laughs> like in the story <laughs> like <laughs> like the child literally was like i'm gonna play with grass because like that's more interesting than these niggas and then like these antelopes like also more interesting than these niggas so like <laughs> clearly they're just better <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yes uh, facts. so <laughs> facts but yes so my next story is actually called finding alex and it's actually by Joel Matt Gill, as well as someone named Corey Ranson. And so basically, the story starts with our main character named Alejandra. Um, and like, I guess, like these two other, like, kind of irrelevant motherfuckers looking for this dog named Pugsley. And so basically, they're like in the forest, Pugsley like ran off somewhere, and they're like, yo, like, where the fuck is Pugsley? And so basically, like, Alejandra to these two people was like, okay, like, let's maybe like, you know, split up and try to like find Pugsley, or, like, try to, re- you know, regroup in like 15 minutes. And they're like, bet. So basically, Alejandro, like, runs to the forest and, like, falls down this hill, but, like, you know, it's totally fine. And basically, like, at the bottom of the hill sees, like, a tree with, like, a person inside of <laughs> So, like, Alejandro's like, what the atomic fuck? So basically, like, they, so Alejandro runs up to the tree, um, grabs the person and basically kind of, like, frees them. And, like, the person, like, naturally kind of freaks the fuck out. Because, like, it, it seemed like they were kind of unconscious, but, like, you know, I guess now that, like, they've right. been released from the tree, like, they're totally fine. So basically, um... Alejandra's like, what's good? I'm Alejandra. And, like, the person whose name is Alex is like, yo, like, we have to get the fuck out of here. Like, holy shit. Like, she's coming. Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. And, like, Alejandra's like, my nigga, what's your name? Like, can we can we start <laughs> from somewhere? And so, basically, um, so the person, yeah, so the name is Alex. And, basically, uh, Alex was like, yeah, like, there's, like, this, like, forest, like, demon, like, coming to, like, get them, basically. <laughs> and so, basically, um, they, like, start running and shit. Because, like, Alejandro kind of looks into the distance and, like, sees the forest demon and was like, I actually, I actually don't want these problems. So, let me, let mm. us just escape. So, they're, like, running through the forest and shit. At one point, like, Alex, like, low-key gets got again. But, like, Alejandro, like, saves that ass. And I'm just like, oh, yes, Alejandro, just, like, really out here. But, um, basically, <laughs> so they, like, so they're running, they're running. And then, at one point, they find this, like, tree that has, like, a little, I guess, like, whole enclave thing at the bottom of it. So the two of them crawl right. inside, and Alejandro's like, yo, so, um, 
so like what? <laughs> like basically, Alex is just <laughs> like he's like, please explain what the fuck, like what are the current events taking place? Um, and Alex tries to be like, oh well, like Alejandro, here's what we're gonna do. Like I'll like basically sacrifice myself to like the forest demon. Like I'll like run out and like you know use myself as a distraction, and you can like go and escape. And Alejandro's like, mm, bitch, you thought I'm absolutely not doing that shit. Like what the fuck kind of person would I be to be like, deuces? Let me just leave you to right. the forest demon. <laughs> so basically, um, Alejandro's like, okay, so like what what exactly is the forest demon looking for? And Alex is like, um, she's looking for my hair. And like Alejandro's like, what? And like Alex is just like, yeah, like basically like she doesn't like the fact that I have hair. So like she like comes after me and like grab, like basically like takes my hair as tribute. And Alejandro's like literally what the fuck. And then at that exact same moment, the tree like explodes and basically the forest mm. even like rolls up. And so like, Al- so Alex tries to jump in front of Alejandro and be like, go escape. And then like Alejandro's like, we actually will not do this. And so basically jumps in front of Alex and was like, you're actually not about to do this shit. So low key and a very like, if, y- if y'all if y'all a real one you'll get this reference in a very like <laughs> sakura-esque move from naruto like if you know the episode from the tuning exams like word up basically alejandro cuts um, a bunch of their hair and like offers it to the forest demon and like the forest demon like has hands out parched ready to get this bundle and basically <laughs> <laughs> basically like, Ale- look at these rummies <laughs> 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 like literally like let me get these like 10 inch bundles like shit let me get this like you know like some right. nice ass shit so basically um, right <laughs> with the wispy ends and everything but anywho um right. so basically alejandro's like yo like you could have my hair but like you gotta go like this is expressly not cute mm. like i need you to get it together so the forest demon takes her bundles and dips and basically like um alejandro looks to alex and is like okay so let's actually get the fuck out of the forest because you know let's not have more right. cockamamie nonsense take place so basically they like <laughs> so before they like actually leave though like um alejandro takes a second to look at alex and with alejandro's hair cut like the two damn near look like twins like for real like they look mm. basically like the same and there's like this moment where like alex like touches alejandro's head and is like oh like thank you so much and kind of like vanishes basically around that time Pugsley, I guess, technically the reason why all of this is happening, like, <laughs> comes back into the scene. So basically, Alejandro is like, oh, shit, like, Pugsley, like, look at God. Um, and so, like, the two random motherfuckers are like, oh, hey, like, we found your dog, like, blah, 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 blah. But sorry. Um, <laughs> two random motherfuckers. <laughs> right. Who were they? I like, guess like, it was the camping crew. They literally, I'm like, were they the camera crew? Like, I, don't, I honestly don't even know. Like, were they just, like, extras <laughs> on the scene? Like, unclear. But basically, like, one of them was like, so basically it was like, uh, one of them was like, oh, uh, sorry, what? what's your name again and alejandra like pauses and then says alex my name is alex and so it was so i just i mean so i loved the story just because i first so when i was first reading it i was thinking like okay maybe because basically like in terms of like i guess putting context into into this so pretty much about the story like alex and alejandra look essentially very similar um alejandra presents a bit more feminine alex presents in a bit more like masculine kind of form and mm. essentially, like, I thought maybe Alex was kind of like a, maybe like a future form of Alejandra. Like, maybe this is sort of like who Alejandra would be, like, just through time. But mm. the more I kind of, like, when I, like, actually read through the whole thing, like, I was like, oh, like, it, I, I feel like it's, it's not like a chronological thing, right? Like, it's not like, a, oh, like, right. I'm, I currently, you know, identify this way or, like, you know, maybe I use this name or these pronouns or whatever. And, like, I'm going to soon become this kind of person. It's like, this is just who... I am and like this is just like this like me freeing like I think Alejandra freeing Alex was like the most important part of the story it's like you release this person that like you 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 are once that happens that allows for like you know this sort of like chaos 
in your life to like kind of dissipate. So I was like, okay, this is like a really mm. interesting story about like self discovery and like transformation. And I just, I was here for the shits. And also yeah. when Forrest Dima got her bundles, I was like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not mad. Like she paid zero dollars. <laughs> I was like, yes, God, <laughs> game these niggas. Anyway, well, what did you think? <laughs> I, <laughs> I um, I really love the story as well. I also, it was interesting to me to see this sort of villain character and we could talk about this later i kind mm-hmm. of you know i kind of want to hear your thoughts on who you think this image is who this person mm. is in the story you know and got you um, so yeah yeah i have some thoughts so we'll, we'll have a whole discussion <laughs> but yes so then my next choice was um the story no vacancy by shanti boma so no vacancy is about these two young adults um, who are, I believe they're siblings, actually. They're two young adult siblings. Yeah. They usually live in this summer home with their mother, who has recently passed away. Now, they don't go upstairs because that's where their mother used to stay, and they're still grieving, and they're still, you know, that's still a, a sore spot for them. And then <laughs> the story gets so adorable because then these like very odd slightly magical slightly quirky woodland creatures suddenly like Mm -hmm. show up and need a place to stay and they've been looking throughout the forest but there's no suitable place for them so they are staying there and the two siblings are like nah you you cannot stay here and the creatures are like are you kicking us out and the the siblings are like okay but wait what just happened okay fine like i guess we could just go on a random adventure to help you find a home and they're like perfect and so these two siblings are like (laughs) and it's like also to be kicked out like implies that you were once moved in so make it make sense anyway continue right so these two siblings like put these little creatures on their backs and you know walk through the forest trying to find a place but like not nothing is acceptable so you know they're like what about this place and they're like um do you not see those uh, beasts over there who will eat us and you're like oh dang yeah they they are small and quirky like they will not survive right so finally (laughs) while they're coming back to the house the siblings and the creatures um they see a tree actually fall on the top of the house because of a thunderstorm and Mm -hmm. i mean I was like, well, that means the whole house is probably not livable, but actually just the top floor was destroyed. And so they go inside and they're freaking out. They're like, that's her mom's room that that tree has just fallen. So obviously, like, they're distressed about this and they run mm-hmm. upstairs. Right. And the two creatures or three or four creatures are like, this is perfect. That You guys were just doing some home improvement, weren't you? You just took us <laughs> on that little trip <laughs> while you fixed the house up. And they're like, um, not really, but actually, you know, like, this kind of feels right. So why don't you guys, you can stay up here and we'll come visit. Mm. And that's kind of the end of the story. It's like an interesting twist. And it's, mm. I don't know, I like the story because I think it, it kind of showed grieving as a process of, of sorrow and grief, obviously, but then also of transformation and kind of allowing these siblings to be like, oh, you know, there's life here. You know, it's, someone has right. passed, but there's also life. And I, I thought that was really beautiful. And the story's just so cute. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, like, honestly, I mean, those creatures are, like, I feel like they're, like, the epitome of, like, family members that are just, like, too comfortable. Like, they just, like, rolled up. And they were, like, so you actually will help us find housing? And they were just, like, I mean, like, like I mean, I guess we had nothing else on the agenda for today. So I guess right. we're, like, being enlisted in this bullshit. But, um, but yeah, and they were just, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, perfect. We can just, like, move in. And they're, like, right. um, like our mom lived here, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine, uh, I guess. Oh, ciao. Um, so my last story is called Dear Paloma by Polly Guau. And basically the story begins with Paloma sort of like, yeah, like this like human slash frog like 
entity essentially um and basically right. the story starts with paloma being tired of the bullshit and being like i'm actually moving out of my parents house and moving into the mm. forest and it was just like thank god so basically the next scene is paloma like you know walking through the forest whatever whatever and then like they meet this like squirrel thing and basically the squirrel is like like kind of like injured and like damaged and it's just like hey paloma um so i'm currently a squirrel but i didn't uh, like i didn't always used to be a squirrel like i like used to be something else but like i was turned into a squirrel but like we don't really need to go into the reasons as to why i'm like currently a squirrel but like can you help a nigga out um and paloma was like yeah bitch i got you and so basically like paloma like bandages like the squirrel and is like hey so sorry like i can't actually turn you into like whatever the fuck you were which mind you i was kind of like paloma like i don't know like i like like, like, so we just got turned into a squirrel like i don't know (laughs) i feel like i just like a little bit more context (laughs) on that um and basically like uh, it's like yeah like I can't turn you back into like whatever you are but like you know I can like bandage you up whatever whatever. and then the squirrel is like rude as fuck and basically like cusses Paloma mm. out which is like wow like like how the fuck like you literally have helped me out like how like literally how useless like what the fuck is your point like what right. and so basically the squirrel like cusses Paloma out like runs into the distance and Paloma's which like yeah like, like <laughs> okay <laughs> squirrel like like why would Paloma have the power to change you back like, right is Paloma the wicked witch of the west or the good right. witch of the north like <laughs> Like Paloma was literally introduced two pages ago. So I'm like, I don't think y'all really have the history to really for you to be like, wow, right. I can't believe Paloma really let a nigga down. It was just like, but like, did they? Like, I don't. Anyway, so basically, right. so Paloma's like, so the girl like cuts them out, runs off, and Paloma's like, I'm kind of sad, but I don't really know why. Oh, also, Paloma was born with like no arms, legs, or like a heart, so they just had to like make their own like appendages, basically. So basically, mm. Paloma is like after this girl walks away, like Paloma's like again walking through the forest, um, and like low key drops that like their mom like basically disowned them like essentially was like don't ever speak to me again like what the fuck and paloma was like oh like i still you know write my mom frequently i mean but like you know she never answers whatever and so basically at one point like (laughs) so at one point like paloma's like in a tree um and like this like random sasquatch thing rolls up it's like yo is that a pig and like paloma's like my nigga like are you are you serious um and then like the sasquatch is like oh my god that like that was so fucking rude i'm so sorry but also like now that i'm like kind of looking at you like up close like you low-key bad as fuck and like i'm hiking like attracted to you and like oh my god like i think i'm like in love like i'm kind of just like really feeling you <laughs> and plum was like oh my god like ah. so basically like right but like <laughs> the sasquatch takes paloma to this like i guess like this canoe thing to like spend the night whatever and, like, Paloma was just literally, like, oh, my God, like, I'm so hype. Like, I, like, you know, I met a bitch or whatever. And, like, I can't wait to tell niggas at parties. Like, Paloma was, like, hype. Like, they were just, like, yes, like, I'm actually that bitch. And so, basically, after this, so Paloma's, like, yeah, like, so I've actually become the kind of person to be, like, you know, like, it's better to have loved and lost. And what, what, what the fuck is mm. what's, what's the expression? It's, like, it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved. To and never have. Yes. Is, is that uh, boom. never to have loved at all yeah yeah so basically paloma was like yeah like some like kind of person that's like says some shit like that like paloma was like on like cloud nine and also like this like throughout this entire story like paloma like is very much like kind of like what's the term is it like omnipresent it's like it's like basically when you have a sort of narration that like recognizes the reader like paloma will be like oh, oh dear um, reader like um, blah 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 blah. what's the like oh my god my ap lit teacher would literally cuss me out oh my god <laughs> what Y'all know. Y'all, the, the, yeah. <laughs> well, y'all yeah. know. Okay. Y'all know. Y'all know. <laughs> anyway, um, so basically, so Paloma's like, yeah, dear reader, like, blah, blah, like, I'm actually hype as fuck. And so then Paloma gets, like, a letter from the Sasquatch that's like, hey, Piglet, so, um, yeah, so left my wife for no reason. Um, <laughs> and I kind of just, like, left her. So, like, could you just, like, write her a letter, just, like, clarify why? I left, which again, I left for no reason. And like Paloma was like, wow, like I have just, I have just been heart broken. And so like right. Paloma's just like, wow, like I've really been gained by these niggas. And it's just like, I mean. Also, 
again, why <laughs> does Paloma have to do the work for you, <laughs> whom they are not with? Like, exactly. I'm like, this why? is your entire, <laughs> he's like, this is your entire wife, and Paloma is being enlisted <laughs> in this bullshit. And so basically, Paloma's like, oh, like, I mean, I guess. Um, so Paloma like writes a letter, like he writes a letter to the wife or whatever, and like it's just like wow, like I'm super heartbroken, like wow, like I've really been gamed by these motherfuckers, and like you were just like yeah, like I mean Paloma, you really did get got like slick, like I mean it's like mm. kind of embarrassing honestly, like you're just like oh, I don't know, like I don't know how I would move on from this, but anyway, it's so basically like yikes, zoinks. Um, so basically like at one point like the the wife like rolls up. And it's like, are you the bitch that wrote this letter? And then like Paloma's like, uh, like <laughs> yes. And like the wife is like, I have just been, I cannot believe that I've been heartbroken like this. I cannot believe I've been betrayed. I'm actually too much of a bad bitch for this. Like I'm so beautiful. Like I'm just like so beautiful that like I just can't believe that this happened to me. <laughs> and Paloma's like, yeah, like I mean, I guess it is like kind of, you know, the life of a wife is kind of hard. And like she's like, yeah, like it's super hard. Like I just like, wow, like I like can't even believe this shit happened. And then Paloma like on the slick was like, but like I mean, like, my life is also kind of hard. Like, I mean, like, my parents, like, disowned mm. me. And I was born with, like, no appendages. I also got cussed out by a squirrel. And I was also heartbroken by a nigga. So, like, I right. don't know. I feel like we... <laughs> so, basically, like, the... So, the wife is basically consuming all of Paloma's emotional labor. Like, literally getting that mm. shit. Like, like ordered that shit from, like, a KFC menu. It was like, I'm actually gonna get, like, a two-piece of Paloma's emotional labor. Like, just AIDS, like, going in. And basically, Paloma's like, yeah, like, I'm really sorry this happened, whatever, whatever. So wife leaves and is like, I'm really beautiful. And Paloma's like, anyway. So basically, this happens. And Paloma's like, wow, like, I can't believe this is my life. Like, this is really, like, honestly kind of embarrassing. And so basically, like, Paloma's like, yeah, so, like, I'm just going to get a dog because, like, fuck these niggas. Which, like, same. <laughs> like, same, same. So basically, because, like, a dog will never, you know, betray you. So Paloma gets a dog. And essentially a year passes and like one day Paloma's just like at home, like, I don't know, like eating Oreos or some shit. And basically like the squirrel comes back from like revenge. Um, like basically like the squirrel like rolled up and like was like this like menacing, like large ass beast and was like, hey, Paloma, like, you know, so like you're the one who helped me halfway. And like I've learned forgiveness over the past year because like. I've just been Damn. eating a lot of people who are capable of forgiveness. So like to finally forgive you, I'm just <laughs> going to kill you. And so Paloma's like, my nigga, I was having the most relaxing day. Like I was just, I was just watching Real Housewives. Like I was just relaxing. Right. Like can we just actually not do this shit? Also, eating people who are forgiving makes you more forgiving. Right. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this isn't the transitive property, my nigga. It's not like just because you ate a bitch for like capable of forgiveness means that you now are capable. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, whatever. Seems like the aggressive opposite, but yeah, like, but like, anywho. So basically, so like, the beast like breaks into a Paloma's place, and the dog is like, okay, Paloma, we like have to like go into this like escape tunnel. So like, they like run into this escape tunnel, like dig underground, and so basically they like. <laughs> So they're like underground and basically Paloma's like, yeah, so um, there's not really like food down here, but we have like worms and like mm. mushrooms and shit. And then meanwhile, upstairs, like the beast is just, just fucking Paloma's shit up. Like just right. like just destroying the the dog shit out of Paloma's apartment. Which again, like I'm like, similar to how Blatt paid rent, I'm sure Paloma was also paying rent. Like I'm just mm. like, you are just out here just like fucking they shit up. But anyway, so basically they're there for like weeks literally just eating worms and mushrooms and like the dog is just like wow like this is really my life and Paloma's like yeah like I'm really sorry I dragged you into this um and so basically they're just like sitting there and like at one point Paloma's just ready to like give up on everything and then like basically hears their parents upstairs and like basically their mom is saying some shit like yo like I know that like I told Paloma to never speak to me again but like I can't believe that Paloma like hasn't written me at all like Paloma's just like fake as fuck like honestly like this, this is why I disown them because like you were just fake as fuck and it was just kind of like but like 
Mrs. Paloma's been writing you frequently. You just haven't been responding. And so I guess right. this is like the straw that broke the camel's back. And so Paloma was like, I'm, I, I will actually not be treated like this. And so basically like they run upstairs like with the dog and they're just like, yeah, like I'm like, I'm going to stand up for myself. Like this is bullshit. Like blah, 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 blah. And they're like, I don't care who, like, who the fuck, basically, like, I don't give a fuck who I see, whether it's my parents or, like, the squirrel, but, like, whoever I see, like, they catch in hands on sight. Like, Paloma was, like, able to actually be fisticuffs immediately, runs upstairs, and basically just sees the squirrel beast thing, but, like, turn back into a squirrel, and then, like, eats the squirrel. Like, just, like, swallows it whole, (laughs) just, like, eats it alive, and the dog's, like, and then Paloma was, like, and then I was, like, So we're just all here confused, and then then it ended. So Paloma's like, just out here just eating scrolls of shit. But basically, the reason why I picked that story was because I I I feel like I kind of saw a lot of my self in Paloma in some ways, in the sense that like mm. I mean not like not to such an egregious extent, but like you know I'm I'm definitely someone who like historically and like you know I'm like trying to work on this like I've. I have a tendency of kind of like overextending myself for other people and like, you know, just like doing a lot just to like, you know, kind of make things work for others. And it's just like one of those things where like seeing a character that like was kind of like that too and then kind of had this realization of like, oh wait, actually you got me fucked up and like actually I actually will not be doing this shit anymore. Like I was like, damn, that's not really, I feel like that was kind of like a similar revelation to one that I had recently just sort of like personally. So I was like, go ahead Paloma. And also Paloma just like ate that bitch at the end, which thank God. Because I was like, that squirrel was really out here just, I mean, hopefully you had insurance on your apartment because right yikes <laughs> so so yeah um i agree i thought the story had a lot of really good tenements about sort of boundaries and how boundary drawing is really important and and strong and and also kind of like it is like kind of referencing our allegory conversation mm. we had like a few weeks ago um people are kind of mean <laughs> like yeah. people can be kind of <laughs> awful and you don't always learn that before you run into them and that's kind of a hard lesson to learn and it does sometimes you're just like wait wh- why are you doing this and you're never gonna know and like the reasons aren't very good and it just has to be like okay okay i'm just drawing this line here so right. i thought that was a really strong you know thing to have in the story i do wonder i i worry about like um what if Paloma had come out and someone else who looked like a squirrel, but wasn't the squirrel who had a <laughs> fucked stuff up, you know, like what would, would there be a justification in sort of attacking that squirrel? And, and no. Right. Mm, and so I do right. wonder about when we draw lines, like how we draw them and who we hurt, but that's really not the focus of the story. That was just, you know, <laughs> no, but that's a good point though. Thought I had. No, that's a very good point though. Like honestly, cause like there was really <clears throat> like Paloma just saw a squirrel and ate it so it was like unclear <laughs> it was like the squirrel <laughs> or like just like a random squirrel and then it's like which could also become almost like a like a like an allegory towards like prejudice right like it's like you've been mm. wronged by like a particular kind of i guess entity and so like in the future you feel empowered to like discriminate against them or like treat that group right. of people like maliciously which obviously like that's not i mean that's like like forms of oppression are like bigger than that one example, right? But like I feel like that is sort of the narrative for some people. So that's kind of an interesting right. like, okay, like is Paloma racist? Like who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so like shit. <laughs> like I was really caping for Paloma, but here we are. Anyway. Um But yeah, no, so um I should probably do my last story. So my last <laughs> story. Wow. I should probably transition better. Okay, one, one Wow, time. it's fine. <laughs> 
my final pick was Return by Ezra Rose and Jay Barnes. So in this story, it's a, a Jewish individual who is reflecting on their childhood. So it starts off with an individual in a very specific woods that they mm-hmm. have not been in since they were a child. And then it flashes back to when they were a child. And at this point, they are running away from their bar mitzvah. And essentially, it's like they're on the cups of masculinity and adulthood and puberty. And they're running from that because they don't accept that. They don't see themselves that way. And they're hoping mm-hmm. that in the forest, they can be different. When the child gets to the forest, they see Hebrew on the trees, which is different for them because they've only seen sort of Hebrew written in the Torah. And they say like in the synagogue, protected kind of behind all these glass doors and windows. And now they're seeing it like just slick on the trees. Now, Mm -hmm. for me, much like Expand, I was like, you children really love running (laughs) through the woods. When there are clear signs of, you know, wild nonsense going on. But I was like, I would have turned around. But again, these children are all braver than me. So they keep going into the forest. And also, like, the the words were probably, like, empowering and beautiful. And I'm over just like, oh, words in the air? Let me go. It's like, oh, nope. And it's just like, okay, like, what the fuck? They're like, that was supposed to be your transformative moment. But, you know, that's fine. Right. So then. Pivoted, whatever. Right. So this child obviously does not do that. And they follow the words into the forest and they reach a clearing again. And it's full of spirits and fairies and sort of these beautiful creatures. And they're like, hey, stay eat, and like rest with us. And so the little child stays for all of Sukkot, which I, I didn't know this, but actually Sukkot is a Jewish holiday that was both spiritual and agricultural. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that they're in the woods. Um, it's also eight days long seven in some places seven or eight days mm-hmm. um so after the sickle ends the family is clearly like our child has been missing for seven or eight days and <laughs> they are understandably freaking out so they're running through the woods trying <laughs> to find this mm-hmm. child and they see them and they're kind of lying in the grass and they're fine like all the myth- mystical creatures are gone obviously and they're like yo this is a miracle like there is no way you could have survived in this forest for seven to eight days by yourself. Like what happened? And the child's kind of like, I don't Mm. remember. And I think they do remember, but they also are kind of like, whoa, was that just a dream? Was that just a child? Like imagination. Right. Which makes sense. You know, you're a child. You don't really know if things that happened were real or just, you know, kind of figments of your imagination. So as an adult, this individual is going back to the forest to sort of, you know, just kind of put things together. Like, just what was what was that? What did I experience? What was that? And they leave, and they're with the dog, actually. Because I didn't realize it, but actually, most of these stories, there is a dog companion. That's, like, and, loyal F. Like, really just, like, gets right. the plot moving. And I'm just like, wow, these dogs right. are really out here. Just like, I'm like, can they be the main characters? Like, got it? Right. <laughs> Saving these folks from all sorts of disasters. But, sure. um, so, the individual's actually talking to their dog, and they're explaining the story, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna leave this food out. Come on, let's go home. Like, you've really put up with me for a long time. And as they're trying to go, they hear... Uh, their name their the name that they identify with not the name they've been given said um and they turn around and they see these like spiritual creatures again and they're like hey yo you're back bet bet and i was like (laughs) oh love so yeah um the individual sits down with them and they talk and basically kind of just reaffirms that not only what they experienced as a child was real but Mm -hmm. also sort of that acceptance and that love was real and I, yeah, I just, I really loved that story. And they like, I don't know, it was cool to have spirituality and faith and be what allowed someone to like be whole as well. And right. not just like 
the thing fighting them like just having mm. that come together for them was like i was like oh that's really beautiful and it kind of right. reminded me of himele ahilo a little bit um just having that space for these things to not have to be so um what's it called adversarial mm. Ooh, sat word for the kids come on with the children <laughs> no but yeah i totally i totally agree and i loved how even just like the exploration of like childlike wonder and sort of like mm. the you know, sort of like the psychology that we have as children. Because even at one point, I remember right. the character said something something to the effect of like, you know, when you're a child running, like, oh yeah, it was like, it said something basically to the effect of like, you know, when you're young, you don't worry so much about like where you're going, just the things you want to leave behind you. And it was just kind of like, okay, like that's interesting because like, yeah, like as we get older, you know, for, for a lot of us, it does get harder to sort of like have these like radical pivots in our life and stuff like that. Mm. And so I just kind of thought that that was like, like a kind of returning to sort of like a childhood wisdom that sometimes we, I guess we lose as we get older. So I was like, this right, is, right. I, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> so like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like this idea of sort of going back to that. Exactly. Like you said, the childlike wonder and where there's honesty and truth in that, you know, there's something beautiful and magical about that, but also a magic that kind of, you know, you want to stay, you want it to stay with you. And I think a lot of us feel like we can't reach that as an adult. So it was mm. nice to have this character go back and kind of be like, no, just because you grow up doesn't mean you can't have that sort of childlike right. wholeness or beauty or magic. So, mm. hmm, that's real. But yes, how about we take a little break and when we get back, we can go into all of our feelings and thoughts. Woo! Um, basically, you know, Akko and I both have many, many thoughts about, yes. about this text and, you know, we'll definitely go into all of the things, but I guess where we kind of wanted to start was just like, kind of like the exploration of like forest as like a place of transformation. Mm. Cause I remember like when I was first, I mean like realty, like I didn't even realize that like forests were like a theme until we were like doing research like for this episode like we were like you know getting the like the language together and stuff like for the description like it was just like oh yeah like you know exploring like forests as a place of transformation and i was like wow like that really makes sense because i literally i remember halfway through I was like <laughs> niggas love trees like i was like people are really into trees like shit like i'm not mad but like i was like why are all these people in the forest and exactly like, that's the theme <laughs> right it's like that's literally the theme if you just i don't know read for even two seconds, but it's fine. Um, right. So basically, so yeah, so I, so when I first kind of put two and two together, I did think it was interesting that like forest served as like a place of transformation just because like in my mind, granted, like, you know, I grew up in Atlanta, which is going to Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Like, so like, I don't really have a lot of, I guess, experience living like near sort of like these, like, you know, like a forest or anything like that. But like to me, like, you know, forests kind of come off of this as like this almost like mysterious kind of hidden maybe somewhat scary kind of place um and it was just interesting that and, and, and more than anything just kind of separate right just like separate from sort of like the day-to-day -day things and so for me i thought it was interesting that like th such profound transformations were taking place like in these places that were kind of like that i would consider to be a bit more like on the hidden side um and i guess for me it was just interesting because like i know for me like you know as 
like as a queer person, as like a gender sort of expansive person, like a lot of my sort of growth and transformation has like happened in tandem, like with community. And so I was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. this is interesting, like very much out in the public, very much like just like out and about. So I was kind of like, okay, that's like an interesting theme of like, you know, sort of like these like different parallels. But then I also kind of realized that like, they were still like characters, right? In the forest. It's not like, you know, motherfuckers went into the forest and they were just like in the forest and then left transformed. It's like, they still had these experiences like with other characters or like right. bees or whatever. And like, they still kind of had that transformation. And I think for me, it was interesting because like the privilege that allowed me to sort of like grow and transform, like sort of so publicly was because I was surrounded by such a supportive net of people. And mm. it's like, it's interesting because I'm like, okay, maybe the forest kind of, is a representation of that sanctuary, right? Like, it's like, it's like, it's a place where it's ah, like, you are okay. surrounded by like this similarly supportive force. And so even though it's technically, you know, a bit more, Ooh. you know, less public than like another space, like it's like there's that's that same support and love is still there. So I was kind of like, okay, this is like an interesting conversation or just like analysis of like, of like transformation and sort of like the optics of right. that, like location of that, like, well, how does that take place? And I was like, this is, it was interesting. At first I kind of like, I didn't know how I felt about it, but now I'm like, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, okay okay i see what y'all right i see what y'all doing i see what y'all doing (laughs) that's like i love this because you're like you know maybe your community is your forest and i didn't even think about Mm. that so i was like ooh, marcy with the metaphors like ooh. um i actually will be taking a pulitzer you know after this episode so if you just want (laughs) to just mail that to my address thank you so much Um, for me, it was more like a a little bit more literal because growing up, I actually wildly spent a copious amount of time in the forest, which I mean, I lived in like a very red um county in a very blue state. So mm. honestly, when they're like were guns of there were guns abound and like farms and and I'm like thinking of it back to it, and I'm like, you do know that you're like this dark skinned black girl just running through the forest in a very unsafe place. And I'm like, yeah, in retrospect. Right. But um <laughs> but for me the, the the forest was very freeing because it was getting away from school, which, you know, where the people with their sort of very strong views about how the world were were both in power and in a small concentration, like mm. <laughs> it's concentrated area. And and then home where you're like, you know, you're always trying to sort of leave and grow from. And so I think for me the forest was this sort of place where I didn't have to explain myself and where first of all it's i think what's cool about nature is that when you're there you're really not that important and i think that for people that sounds weird to say Mm -hmm. but it's kind of nice when i i think when you're a token to be somewhere where it's like it's not that deep like like i'm a fern and i'm a spider and i'm a plant and i'm like and that's a tick oh my god get off of me but like you know you're just (laughs) you're just there and things are restful and peaceful and i think that did kind of become a little bit of a sanctuary for me i also wasn't alone like my really good friend was also always with me and Mm. it was like this very cute like you know youth i'm sure like someone's writing like a short novel about it but whatever um (laughs) but anyway it was (laughs) so i i saw from that perspective which was much more literal and marcy do you know that our imagery for the color pages book club um is it a shameless plug if it's on your own podcast anyway (laughs) 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 is actually a forest which i did not realize that is Aka, you know, that is so funny because I literally was like, the forest, like, I'm confused, like, make it make sense. And then it's like, it's like, but my nigga, can you actually circle back to your literal podcast imagery? Like, it's an actual forest. So like, damn. And I'm just like, wow, you never put two and two together. Wow. Damn. So this is just meant to be, clearly. Like, we were just meant to talk about Heartwood because this just, I mean, the parallels, my God. 
But right. So but yes, I I love that. I love that. Like, and I think that's kind of what, yeah, like the essence of it is, right? It's like in nature, you don't like the the like the social constructs of like you know who you should be and all of that. They they just don't really, I guess, just don't really matter as much. Or like, there's not necessarily there's not like a policing right. force. Like assuming that you're just like in a forest by yourself with like animals or shit. It's like. And motherfuckers mm. are trying to like just like hibernate they're just trying to eat their acorns they're just trying to like you know be plants like it's like they're <laughs> not pressed over like you know these human you. right these like human social constructions that we're like so obsessed with mm. that like you know i mean granted are yes very important and like inform our lives in like every fathomable way but like at the same time it's like it does make it it just put it all kind of in perspective it's like okay like this is very right. much like a this is like an art like we 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 came up with this right so like i just love that like Mm. that's that's a thing i also just love in general how like the usage of they pronouns is just so like ubiquitous throughout the the anthology and like how it was just like this very like kind of normalized like kind of unexamined like just like this like just it was just allowed to exist and like there wasn't like that whole like right oh like what does this mean it was just like this is just how people identify and like this is how how like that's just how we're moving forward with the story like and granted like in and I think that this just kind of points to also just like the the validity of like just having like like multiple types of stories to sort of like showcase like you know like you know mm. a particular kind of experience or whatever just because it's like you know some of the stories very much were very directly related to the character's like identity as like a non-binary person like like for example there was a story that you know sort of showcased the conversation between like the main character and their mom and sort of like how and kind of just i guess like kind of showcasing the the mom's journey to sort of like better understanding you know the child's gender identity and just like kind of getting basically just like educating themselves right like just like getting up to speed right, on the things right. um and but like meanwhile there's stories like paloma where it was just like okay like paloma's like being cussed out by squirrels and like you know niggas ain't shit with a right. sasquatch and like that's but like that doesn't necessarily have like a direct you know it's not like it's like it's not explicitly about paloma's like gender identity so it's just like i, I liked how like there was just right. like that was both were allowed to exist because like both are very important right like it's like you need the stories that like Mm. very much explicitly talk about like what like this is what this is and like this is like real shit for us and then meanwhile you also need stories that just like normalize identities and normalize being non-binary that just kind of like are just stories that have like these these universal truths right and like it's just like the characters like um, not not to say just so happen to be non-binary like i don't want to reduce it but like you know it's just like their non-binary identity is like present and respected, but like that's not necessarily the like the focal point of the story. So I just I love that like that was allowed to exist in this text and like they're just like literally twenty-two very like beautiful and sort of like different stories, kind of yeah, just like showcasing the different different things. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And I think one of the stories that I like, I can't remember the name, but it was definitely the one with that Nova creature. Like, do you remember? Oh my like, god, yes. That- yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it was like Winnie the Pooh turned evil. I was like, oh, oh Lord. <laughs> um, so the character is going through the forest and they actually were in that forest as a, as a child, similar to Return. But like, unlike Return, when they run into this um, kind of character that they had created as a child, um, that character is very needy and wants them to stay and like never leave. And the character is like, I have to grow up. This, n- what? What is happening? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like this escalated real quick and like eventually that story is actually very good too in the sense that like the ending isn't as um it's not like a feel-good ending it's not like a bad ending it's like a it's like this journey isn't finished ending which i really Mm. liked um 
which actually um, transitions to my my other kind of thoughts about the story, which I do really like the way that plot and stories were allowed to be kind of subverted and changed. Like you would have main characters in groups with people that were older and younger, like um, mm. children with their parents kind mm. of figuring that stuff out or just like storylines that weren't as um, they didn't go with the normal or sort of accepted tropes of storytelling. That, that being said, um, I think when you do short stories. First of all, short stories are difficult. Don't let anyone deceive you. Come on. Like, oh, 10 pages? How hard could that be? Tuh. It's hard. Okay, because you have to get... <laughs> <laughs> if you had like 800 pages, you know, to make us love a character, like you have 800 pages. Like, figure right. it out. But when it you have 10 pages, like that's so much more... You need a, a higher level of precision. And for me, I think there's two ways of kind of going about that. So you can do it by making people love the characters um, and sort of make a character-driven story, or you can do it where it's story-driven. And so the characters are less of the mm. point and the storyline is more of the focus. Um, both of them kind of have their different strengths and weaknesses, right? Like you, if you kind of miss people liking or understanding the character, you kind of lose them. And story-wise, if people aren't on board or they find the, the, the plot boring or maybe too tropey or not enough tropes, mm. you lose them that way. I think some of the stories fail to to allow the characters to sort of fully develop. And again, that's really a matter of just the shortness of time. Mm. Um, and I think if they had had more time, like you really would have been like, oh shit, like, no, I understand what that character right. is going through. And like, you really would have kind of seen it. So I think there is that. Um, I do think that there are so many stories in here that it's possible too that like one story fits with you, but doesn't necessarily fit with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, there's like a lot of different types of stories. And so I think everyone will be able to find something that kind of speaks to them and sort of holds true to them. So because I think for me, like mm-hmm. Expand, I loved Expand. Like Expand, I like really felt. Whereas I think different stories would ring true for different people. Right. So. No, that's real. That's real. And like, yeah, that's the, and that's the tricky part. Because yeah, some of the the texts did read a bit more like, almost like a snapshot in like the middle of an, of like Mm. a broader story, if that makes sense. Like, it's like, Oh, like I could see this being like chapter six of like a much bigger graphic novel. And it's like, it's like, yeah, it's it's tricky because it's like, I mean, granted, I don't know like what the process was necessarily. Like, I don't know if they're like, if some of these were excerpts or like if some of these were all sort of like original Mm. works, um, sort of like a beginning to end sort of story. But yeah, but some of them, it, it is tricky because it's like, yeah, like if you, it's like, it's hard to really have a lot of like, not saying you can't have a lot of emotional depth in like a short story, but it's just like you just have to do a lot of like it has to be like kind of strategic, right? Like it's like this like the from even something like the pictures, like you know, like pictures can do a lot of the work for you, especially like in graphic novels and stuff. Right. And so it's like, yeah, it's like that's definitely tricky. And even like I kind of noticed in myself, like a lot of the stories that I preferred did kind of have like a very concrete beginning, very concrete middle, very concrete end. It was kind of like a very sort of like almost traditional story arc, like a linear timeline. You know, like it just like it was more familiar and like there were some stories that like mm. there was like I remember there was this one story, I forgot the name of it, but it was basically it was almost as if like like time wasn't really like it was like it was kind of unclear what the timeline was and like a lot of it it was like it was right. focused more on like imagery and like transformation and it was kind of like there wasn't like a concrete like beginning middle end it was kind of like this is just sort of like a thing that happened right like it's just like so I think for me it's just like Mm -hmm. I just realized in myself it's like yeah there are definitely some kinds of stories that I just tend to prefer it's not to say that like I didn't like the other stories but it's just Mm -hmm. like it's like it's like when when a story lends itself to a more traditional 
storytelling mode, it's like it kind of eliminates some of the I guess like the confusion of trying to understand what's happening, if that makes sense. Like it's like sometimes like it's like mm. when you know like, okay, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's like, okay, like I'm I'm really able to focus on like the characters and like what's happening and blah blah blah. But like when like time is played with and like protagonists are played with and like tropes are kind of played with, it's like you have to th- it's like you have to both know what's going on, but also try to have it make sense within this sort of like subversion right. of tropes. So I think it just depends on like what your preference is. Right. But but yeah. And that's that's like a good point so i love stories plot lines that honestly fuck everything up like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i'm like oh and i mean like weird sci-fi like what the hell like i love that Uh, yes truly it's my favorite like especially like i I, you guys this is like a very odd reference but there's this collection of stories called tales before tolkien and tolkien is as you guys know wrote lord of the rings and it kind of really standardized our fantasy world but actually before that like stories were weird like Mm. you know like and then like someone disappears and then reappears and you're like wasn't that character dead but i guess they're alive now like sure why not you know (laughs) um which was like really cool but i think the it's as you're saying i think what you're you're pointing out which is a good point is you need some type of anchor or tether that people can kind of go along with like whatever that is either it's a feeling or it's a person or it's a plot or it's a point um something that people can kind of like because you know writing is a communicative kind of um thing right and i think we all when we're telling our narratives we want other people to understand us and we we write like things are so close to you You want people to Mm -hmm. understand you but it's hard to realize that you also have to communicate something like very close to you to that person, which takes maybe more explanation than you thought that you would need. Right. Which also kind of makes writing like a very cool journey of self kind of discovery. But anyway, even though we're saying that, like <laughs> obviously we love, love this collection of stories. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, but we just wanted to kind of yeah. say our points on that. No, that's for um, sure. But, um, <laughs> but on like a more like interesting question, Marcy, um, not more interesting, but a, a slightly different. Going back to Blatt the Hunter, um, I kind of wanted to uh, discuss a little this kind of Blatt playing, you know, the villagers, but also like Loki helping the beasts on the side. And, you know, on the, on the right. one hand, you're like, yeah, Blatt, like, yes, anti-capitalism. But what, you know, is the cost of that sort of way of moving through the no, world? No, that's bullshit. It's, it's interesting because I remember while I did enjoy, you know, Blatt and, and the kid, like... I do feel like Blatt's like little like tiptoe of like, it's like, okay, yes, I'm gaming these niggas, but I'm also like, you know, playing into what they want me to do. And then Mm. at the same time, I'm like caping for these animals, like on the slick. And it's like, but like if the bounty hunter sees a beast that they paid you for, just out and about, just like eating ruffles (laughs) one day, like it's going to be like a problem, right? Like, it's just like, the thing is like, I feel like the only reason why Blatt was even allowed to do something like that was because they were so like low key with the shit. Like with the child, like the child was very much like, Mm. yo, like this is fucked up. Like these are my stances. Like y'all got me fucked up. And then like subsequently was disrespected, was belittled. It like was completely ignored basically. So like Blatt was able to sort of like ascertain sort of like, you know, the, the respect of, of the people that they worked with. But at the same time, like, Right. We're just like on the low kind of caping for the animals. But it's like at the same time, it's like if it really came to a head, right? Like if you really had to choose between mm. like the power structure that you're kind of like defending and like playing with versus like really just like going in and being like, yo, I actually really cape for these animals. Like how's that going to work, right? Like what would you right. choose? So that was kind of something that I kept thinking about. And it was just kind of like, 
Blast just kind of like exercising privilege, like low key. Mm. I also was like, and the fact that kind of with uh, the child and when they go and take the scale, when they're like, oh, can you please ask for the scale? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, bet. Like that is consent. Like I love this. Like they're all in cahoots. But then I was like, but also this creature kind of has to keep playing this game of like, in, right. I mean, they're beasts in the forest. Maybe they're just trying to live their lives. Like it's not that deep, but right. it, it kind of feels like, oh, I have to like give the scale and then like play this game of like low key, you know, it, you do, it does make you wonder about like, oh, uh, this maybe feels a little bit like com- if it's if it's if we take the allegory like further it feels like a little complicit mm. um and that's a little rough you know yeah um and i also wondered i was like this child has been drawing these creatures forever do they not know like when they're dangerous or not like how come they had to learn that from black you know right. <laughs> i was like why did wasn't this kid just drawing right. some beasts at the beginning of the story? For like yeah. three hours and like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, they're like, oh, like the beasts <laughs> right. are so dangerous. And the child was like, I was literally with this bitch for like three hours, but like whatever. Um, And yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it's, it is kind of like this forced subjugation of these, of these beasts, right? Like it's like, you do have to like play this game because it's like, if you don't give me the scale, you're mm. done right so it's like it's like right it's like yeah i'm asking for the scale but like you don't really have a choice like if you do not give me the mm. scale it's gonna be problems so it's just one of the things where it's like yeah it's like it's kind of like it, it it also becomes an interesting question about like consent it's like okay yes the the beast at the end nodded and like gave the kid you know the scale but at the same time it's like but did they really have a choice? Did they did they right. really have the autonomy to be like, actually, nah, y'all got me fucked up. Like, n- no. Like, right. like, it's just like, because then at that point, because even then, Blatt was just like, yeah, like, if you want me to kill the beast, like, I'll do it. And the thing is, like, the, be- the beast is right. literally right there. Like, the beast is like, right excuse me? Like, I'm like, murder? Like, I just, I, I was just in the goddamn <laughs> forest and y'all decided to roll up and be extra. So it's just like, it's an interesting kind of question around, yeah, sort of like who is prioritized and like kind of, how are they able to exercise autonomy? Especially when you consider that, like, in a lot of this book in general, like, across this, uh, the stories, the sort of, like, the mystical sort of, like, celestial beasts that exist, like, they don't, they often aren't, like, main characters. Like, they're often sort of, like, these guides mm. or, like, these kind of, like, these characters that kind of, like, move the plot along and sort of, like, lead the the protagonist to, like, or some sort of realization. Um, but, like, they themselves aren't necessarily always fleshed out or always kind of, like, explored in as much detail. And so like, there's also like kind of an interesting question of like, mm. like, I don't know what to necessarily do with that. Right. Like, but it's just, it just, it, it, it's a tendency that I was like, this is interesting. Cause it's like people are transforming, but at the expense of whom, you know, like it's like, what were these mm. like, are they and like, even like when I think about dear Paloma, I feel like Paloma is probably the closest or maybe I'm not sure if it was the only one, but like basically, yeah, a story that kind of featured, so sort of like an explicitly kind of I won't say non-human, but like just like more like like just like a kind of more of a hybrid of different uh, creatures. Mm. And so it's like kind of like an interesting exploration of like it's like Paloma was like you know very much fleshed out and kind of like explored and like had depth and layers and stuff. So it's just like it's something that I was like yeah like I kind of would have enjoyed sort of seeing that trope like played with a little bit. It's like it's like you know these beasts is mm. like you know having their own autonomy and like being more central to the plot. And kind of being able to like, yeah, like just have that. Ooh, yeah, that's the the same the same depth. Um, 
Yeah. To be fair, there I I agree with you. The one story that sort of subverts that is the first one with the True. giant dog. So in that story, actually, it's this um, these group of people, and I think they're living in the same apartment complex, or just the same area, and there's a couple of families in there. This large dog rolls up, and they're like, yo, I'm morning, and I'm on a journey. Because they're like tangled up in some um, like telephone wires. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, well, I mean, we'll accompany for you for a while. And it's like this very kind of adorable story of these individuals kind of helping um this other character mourn but yeah no that's a really good point and i i think that would have been really cool to see as well um but also kind of with my other thought was thinking about finding alex Mm. and kind of who the demon spirit was because part of me was like oh it's just a villain but as we were saying with kind of subverting plot lines and stuff it kind of feels like is is the the demon beast who's snatching bundles? Is she there to <laughs> to hurt the two characters, or is it their inner self being like, "You cannot run from me"? You know, oh, like, oh Jesus! You know, Let me take this hair so that right. That's oh my god! That is that's honestly yeah, like what I was thinking too. It's like it's like yeah, the forest. I mean, th- like let, let, let's not even fuck around. The forest demon was on a mission. Like she was mm. fucking shit up. It's like. The forest demon, yeah, is kind of like that nagging voice in the back of your mind that's like, you know you're like this, or you know that you identify this way, or you know right. that like, this is who you truly are. And like, I will terrorize the dog shit out of you until you <laughs> accept it. And granted, like, I mean, yes, like right. things are very, you know, depends on very much on context and kind of like where you are and safety. And like, there's a lot of considerations to be made. Um, so I don't want to like be irresponsible and be like, oh, yeah, like the, the goal is just to like, just like you know just like readily be who you are like at all times like you know 100% of the time like with no regard to like what's going on around you it's like that's not I mean yes that's obviously like an ideal like you know existence Mm. but like that's not necessarily like there 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 are just more things that you have to to consider so I just thought it was like an interesting kind of exploration of like it's like yes this this demon was like a villain quote-unquote but like without the villain and also low-key without Pugsley again dogs really be out here um it's like (laughs) the like Alejandro would have I mean, presumably not have necessarily gone through that transformation that like needed to take place. Mm. So it's like, it's, 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 it's interesting. So yeah. So I, yeah, I thought that was like an yeah. interesting exploration of like villainy and kind of like, oh wait, but just kidding. Like Loki, the forest demon, like while yes, snatching bundles, like it's also like Loki out here, like <laughs> really trying to get people to like, right. you know, see themselves for, for who they are. So. And maybe it's also like, you know, when something, when you're running from something like, or when you have something inside of you that you're not being honest with yourself about it becomes sort of this demon in your mind you know Mm -hmm. like you're like oh i wish i could you're like i'm hiding this from myself and then it becomes more and more of like an anxiety producing thing so maybe it's also that right like it's a villain in the sense that like if you could sort of reach that place it's kind of like expand where their heart's hurting them but it Mm -hmm. also when when the celestial antelope touches their heart Mm -hmm. that that feeling overtakes them and that's actually you know where the peace comes from so yeah Mm. like i think it's actually a complicated villain and i was like "Mm, all right complexity right okay forest demon (laughs) fuck it up um but akko i was curious did you have any sort of like other thoughts that you had about the text or like you know any quotes that you want to share anything anything like that yeah i actually have two quotes um one you kind of spoke to earlier but i want to say it again because i really like it um and then so the first one is um from return and it's 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 the point where um the main character says when you're young you don't worry so much about where you're going just the things you want to leave behind things that scare you things you don't understand yet and i really liked that quote too with 
over mm-hmm. over the uh, panels that it was on because mm-hmm. it's this child kind of running and you get that feeling that I think a lot of us get when we're younger of being like I don't know what I'm looking for but this doesn't feel right and I want to leave and mm-hmm. that intuition that's such that strong feeling of intuition uh, we kind of lose it when we get older sometimes and I, I just really like connected with that imagery and that and that yeah um, so that was one and then the second one that I really loved was from the lungs of Jeju and when the uh the robot android asks the um the main character um when do you feel the most alive and then the character responds when i remember the feeling and shape of my breath during my worst anxiety attacks i forget to breathe so i look to the sky to remember and i just first of all Mm. it feels good in your mouth like let's just just be real those words it feels good (laughs) right like it's so poetically written Mm -hmm. and it also just kind of it, it, you know, I do think for people, who, anyone who's struggled with sort of anxiety and, and its physical effect on you, it is this just moment of like holding your breath mm-hmm. and having that like that you, you kind of really want something grounded, something that you can just. And so that kind of metaphor of like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just trace the outlines of my lungs and look at the sky. It's just this moment of like tracing the outlines of your lungs is so like, you know, like physical and honest and true. Right. And, and I guess like contained but also like looking at the sky is so expansive so some of this moment of like breathing in sort of this expansiveness and then containing it inside of you like like it just really made me feel it sounded the way a breath feels if that makes sense and i really love that Hmm. damn that's real what about you um sorry i'm like low-key annoying as fuck like if y'all just like want to like (laughs) <laughs> like just like stop listening i totally understand um but basically no you're not you're lovely. no no gracias girl um but yes so for me i so i'm gonna put this super duper quick but basically there was a story called love letters that had a quote that i thought was really interesting basically super quick plot there's a character named lisa who has a crush on a character named Alex. And basically at the beginning of the story, Lisa's like, yo, I like Loki want to tell Alex that like I'm feeling them, but like I slick am scared. Like I'll do it later, whatever. It's so basically mm-hmm. like they're kind of looking at this love letter that they wrote them. And at one point they realized that like the letter, which was in their book bag, like is gone. And so basically like they're like in the forest, like, cause again, everyone's in the forest. Um, They like are running through the forest and they're like, what the fuck's my shit? And these like, like forest creatures are like low-key reading the letter it's like oh dear alex like you lit as shit like i'm high key feeling you like da 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 and so lisa's like <laughs> mortified and tries to like snatch the letter from like the beast that like was reading it because like all the other like beast creatures were like keeking and they were like oh my god this is like such interesting like human prose like so fascinating like oh my god yes and so like lisa was like what the fuck you got me fucked up and so like the beast is like no like i need to like i like need to read this letter because basically like the beast was never really good at magic. So this was kind of their attempt to like woo their peers and mm. like, you know, just like be like, Oh, like I have cool human language. Like, mm. um, and Lisa was like, okay, so <laughs> rather than doing this bird shit, like maybe, I don't know, like I can just write you a new letter and like, you can just have that. And so basically what the letter read was, I know what it's like to think that others won't like or acknowledge you, but I think you seem very kind and you try your best. Also, you look super cool. You don't need to you don't need to work so hard to earn them. You're enough as you already are. Please have a little more confidence in yourself. You will find others who care about you. I promise. And I was like, 
damn so like lisa got lisa got me crying got the beast crying lisa's like loki crying too mm-hmm. like it's just like fuck like we all just out here just just emotional as fuck and i'm just like damn lisa you're like right. you, you know you're so right like oh my god lisa like lisa with the truth and lisa's like i'm sorry did y'all hear that and then like the forest beasts are like yeah like i don't know like there's like this other party character like it was like talking to the text and it was me anyway um so basically that was kind of what i thought was interesting um and yeah so i just thought i was like go ahead lisa Right. Go ahead, Lisa. So, so that was my that was my quote. Oh, beautiful. I love that one too. Yes. Was good. So, so yes. Yeah, so, those are our thoughts on Hardwood. Um, you know, just as usual, we have a Twitter at the Colored Pages. We have an email address at thesecoloredpages at gmail So, if you have any recommendations mm-hmm. for like another, you know, other books you want us to read or like whatever, have any comments for the episode, send them there. We also have a website at thesecoloredpages.com. And also, I know that we, like, low-key, we're like, oh, my God, like, we're going to do, like, the lit notes. So we're going to, like, you know, basically, like, <laughs> upload these, like, basically our kind of, like, summaries in real time of the books that we've read up to date. And, like, I know we kept saying, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, but, like, it's actually up. Like, we actually did it. So, like, right. check that shit out because it's funny as fuck. It's basically, like, spark notes, but, like, made by us so like ridiculous and like messy <laughs> and like kind of absurd and like honestly like if you want a place to start house of the spirits part two show just right just check that shit out so so yeah but Akko, is there anything else that you wanted to leave our listeners with before we wrap up no i think that is everything but 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 until we see you guys again just remember to stay, stay colorful, colorful.